Hey coaches, welcome back. This is Coach Parker with Coaching You Football Tips and Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you get a second, please subscribe. Podcast is up next. And remember, play for fun and winning is funner. Thanks again. Hey coaches, how are you guys doing? This is Coach Parker with CoachParker.org and YouFootballCoachingTips.com. Glad you could join me today. Today we've got a pretty good video on tips for rookie first-time youth football coaches. I've got 10 tips for you guys, and let's take a look at them here. So uh, here's a quick summary of them. Uh, we're going to go over practice plans, proven playbooks and schemes, loyal coaching staff, parent communication and management, roster talent development and recognition, Find a mentor, become a student of the game, progression teaching, demonstration and video, film games in your practices, don't forget your special teams, and lastly, and probably the most important, thank your wife. So we're going to go over those in just a few minutes. Before we do, please like and subscribe, share, comment, all that good stuff. That really helps me with the Google algorithm. Uh, if you want to do more, you can certainly head over to my playbook store and check out all my playbooks. So let's talk about practice plans as a first time rookie coach and what you should do. Uh, you must plan to succeed. Otherwise you're going to plan to fail. Everybody's heard that. So make sure you have a written practice plan. It's a big deal. Uh, I've been doing it since I first started coaching back in 94. <clears throat> The, uh, the actual practice plan template that I use uh, was Coach Schrader's at Clyde Forest High School from 1982 to 1986, who was actually Drew Brees' coach at Austin Westlake. So my template is very close to his template, and I've been using that forever. You can find that on my website, on my private Facebook group, too. There's multiple out there now, so uh, take a look at that. But really, you want this practice plan to help organize your thoughts. Uh, I do it a day or two before practice. Actually, you know, usually the first two weeks of practices, I'll have it laid out so I can kind of organize what we want to go through, the drills, our installs, and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be focusing on those key areas. You know the installs and definitely during the, the you know the season you want to focus on your weaknesses any things that are scouting and by writing it up and putting it in a plan uh, on paper it really helps you organize uh, those thoughts and keeps you focused when you've got 30 or 40 you know people with coaches parents and kids running around when you're at the practice field so it really helps you that it also helps you communicate with coaches. And then if you share it with your parents, that's great. You assign the coaches their breakout and drills. It really helps with communication. I try to send my plan out uh, at least a day before practice or a couple of hours. And it helps me record the events because I'll write on the plan, keep it, and then, you know, go, go to the, make the practice plan for the next day the next practice and you know i do get off the practice plan quite not quite a bit but you know sometimes it just doesn't go according to plan but at least it helped me stay focused and i know that i've got to get to these things in the next practice and i'll write on that and make sure i've got notes to go into the next practice so you know 
being organized and having this practice plan is a huge thing. Uh, parents love it when you share it with them and it makes you look so organized that you've got it all written out. And uh, man, winning over the parents with this is an easy win uh, if you're doing that. you know. And if I forget, which happens, and I've gotten busy and I haven't got my practice plan with me, you know, in the car as I, I'm at the field or I may be in my chair right before practice, I'll write on a piece of paper or a note card what the practice plan will be. We'll, coaches will get together and we'll go through it and, and get off. So uh, always have a written practice plan. If possible, it will help you tremendously. Even after 30 seasons of coaching youth football, I still have a practice plan that's written. Okay, let's get uh, the other thing here that I think that rookie coaches need to have is, man, find a proven youth football playbook for offense, defense, and, you know, find some good schemes for special teams. Uh, you don't really, your first season, you don't really want to be a unicorn and try something that's new and unproven your first year. Uh, that may be, you know, a little bit difficult and you really don't, you, you kind of want to play the averages that work for you. So make sure to try to find a proven youth football playbook. I've got tons. Other people have tons. There's tons of free stuff out there. There's tons of free stuff on my website and others. So there's no reason you shouldn't find something that's proven. I, I see a lot of coaches asking about their local high school stuff and this college is running the spread, or I think we can do this. I mean, try to look at what other youth coaches in your league is probably doing and what they're successful with and try to maybe copy that and implement that. Uh, but I, I really highly recommend getting a proven youth football offense and playbook. Uh, I kind of walked into one my first season with the Yale single wing and single wing stuff. And then in 2006, at seven and eight, when I was coaching my uh, oldest son uh, back in Denver, I had read many, many playbooks because they were so available at that point on the internet. And that really upped my game to a whole nother level. So, uh, you know, you football playbooks are going to tell you to focus on the run and not, not passing. The other thing with rookie coaches, uh, is don't change your schemes every week. Uh, you know, try to focus on six to eight plays, get really good at those and start evolving your playbook. So I really, really, I really, really, you know, want to emphasize is to try to use proven playbooks and schemes for youth football. Uh, don't try to be running your local high school or college offenses, defenses, because uh, they're just not tailored toward the abilities of kids. Uh, so let's move on from there. The other thing is make sure you get a loyal coaching staff, man. You know, choose them wisely along with your team mom. You want to surround your people that are really into football, believe in you and your leadership, and are going to follow you. Uh, you also want to routinely communicate with them. And if you're just you know, a rookie head coach or, uh, or even a rookie, maybe a new coach to a league, uh, to that, you know, area, new area, you may want to find an assistant coach that's been a head coach before and just wants to help, or maybe, uh, 
you know, they didn't get a team, but then they've got experience. Having that experienced person with you really, really helps. So uh, a couple of things that I always like to do is interview potential coaches or interview with coaches that I want to be a part of the team. Also with the team parents, just so you know, they're going to mesh with your vision. You want to find experienced coaches if you can. Uh, that helps a ton, uh, especially an O-line coach. If you're not going to take the offensive line, uh, the offensive line is really critical at the youth football level uh, because you can really be very competitive without having top-tier talent in the backfield if you can block really well. Um, also, be careful with team moms you don't know. I had problems with this when I first started coaching. They, they seem to believe that their volunteer time will equal that their child gets to play and start more. So uh, we always try to make sure now that the team mom we choose, that their, their child is actually going to be a starter on our team. Otherwise, it gets to be kind of tricky. Uh, the other thing, you know, with the loyal coaching staff that makes them loyal is that uh, you have weekly coaches meetings. You've assigned them things to do and they feel like they're, they're responsible uh, for those things. So that's really critical because it really gets ugly when your staff or one person on the staff just doesn't agree. And, you know, you're out there to have fun and you really don't want to deal with some goob that's not happy with what's going on. So make sure you do the homework up front and make sure they're going to be loyal to and see your vision. Cause if they're not, and they become a boo bird and you've got to deal with them every day, uh, that becomes a problem and make sure, you know, that they know your word is final when you say no, you know, no. So, uh, be a leader and make those hard decisions. All right. So probably one of the, biggest issues that everybody has is parent issues. So parent communication and management has become probably one of the most important things that a youth coach is going to have to deal with. It's getting, you know, I started in 94. It wasn't really bad at all. And every four or five years, uh, I guess with new sets of parents, it becomes ex exponentially tougher uh, to deal with. And they have become, you know, real tough now. So you want to have a parent meeting the first week, if not before practice or your first, second practices. We kind of hold two there right at the beginning. So we try to make sure two or three, we make sure that everybody's there. Everybody kind of signs the conduct letter, sees that they get our packet. They know what we're about. They know about playtime, how that's going to work. And also their bad behavior. I've got, since I was hit a couple of years ago by a parent uh, while at a, on field duty, and I've had a couple of incidents lately, I have a zero tolerance policy for parent bad behavior. Uh, so I just put that out there and let everybody know that, you know, I've been hit before and I don't put up with it. And uh, that's just the way it's going to be. So, uh, the things that'll help you though, with getting them on your side is definitely as soon as you get your roster, call them and email them. And we try to have a website and our contact app already ready to go. And they love that. 
uh, you know, our league even sets a mandatory that we have to contact them that day the roster comes out. But really, to set the tone with them, to let them know you know what you're doing, make sure to contact them quickly, get that taken care of. And if you've got your website and your apps are ready to go, get it out to them because that makes you look really good. Having a organized parent meeting along with the parent packet and emails and all of it looking professional goes a long way because there's no excuse that they didn't get any of this information when it goes out, especially at the parent meeting, you've taken role, they've got to sign something. Uh, that works out really good. The other thing is I could say is uh, be tough early, set those expectations with everybody and your tone, because if, if you're easy at first, it, you just get taken advantage of. So make sure I know now why my high school coaches uh, were tough uh, because they just want to make sure that, uh, you know, no one's going to try to be getting away with anything because parents will. Uh, they've just become difficult to manage. Uh, so have your website up, your text app, Facebook, man. If you've got all that and it's going, that's half the battle. If you're organized and you've got that communication going and you've got your parent meeting and what you expect out of them and the players and how the league's going to react, that's that's great. Make sure every parent is going to sign that conduct le letter. Our league has them do it you know, through the website. So they know it's all done, but I have it again. So everybody's just got it. I also have a 24, uh, 48 hour rule, you know, that after a game, especially a loss, or there's been some type of issue on the field at practice, you know, they've got to give us some time to chill out, uh, and let them know they can't show up uninvited to your house, which has happened to me before. Uh, if, you know, parents are just becoming so nasty. Make sure you get your league commissioner or ask help from the league. A lot of times these parents uh, are, are getting passed around to some teams uh, because no, they'll get kicked off the team and nobody, you know, wants to deal with them. And so they'll, you'll get to you. In the past, except for the last three or four years, I've been very good with parents, but I must be getting older or something uh, and weaker. Maybe parents think they can, they can get after me. But ask the league for help with parents if you can. Uh, that'll really help set the tone with them too. And remember, not everyone will be happy uh, no matter what you do. There's always a grumpy person on the team uh, that's not going to like everything. That's, and, and there's always somebody that's always late. So those are two things you can count on. No matter what you do, there's people that are always going to be unhappy because they're just unhappy. And there's always going to be people that, that are that are late. So uh, good luck with parent communications and management. So the other thing is recruiting, your roster talent, your development, how you're evaling people. It's it's really a big deal because I think uh, uh, the the Alabama coach, who I forget, he coached at A&M too, uh, Bear Bryant. He said, you still need the horses, no matter what you do. And that's true. You still must have studs to play the game, which means you need to get as best talent as you can get on your team. And it's going to help you coach better. So, so if you get to recruit and evaluate and draft and get those players on your team, put that effort up front. 
I actually love that piece part of it. That really helps your team through the season if you really spend a lot of time picking and choosing the right talent to get on your your team. Because if you have those opportunities and you waste it and you don't get the right talent, man, it's it's probably going to be a long season. We've we've drafted because our league will have a little draft from from their pool. We get to a kind of evaluate them, and we've had seasons where we've just been stacked because we knew how to draft and evaluate talent. So use that time uh, accordingly. So, you know, like I said, every every coach needs studs. I mean, two or two or three good running backs on a youth football team can make a season, even if you don't know how to coach that well. Uh, so make sure you get good talent. And hey, getting good talent makes it easier to coach them. So that's a key. You really want to focus on your recruiting and your draft if your league allows that uh, in evaluating talent. So some leagues, they'll just hand you a team, which I've done. That's happened to me before a couple of times. But if you get to focus on your draft and recruiting and evaluating, get that done. I really like to focus on speed, age, experience and skilled players and smart people, smart kids. I will ask them multiplication questions. Uh, because smart kids can learn faster. So we'll, we'll go, we've got a whole set of questions and things we'll go through there. Uh, you can request that. I think it's out on my website too. The other key skill uh, for players is putting them in the right positions. That's almost an art. Uh, you know, I see a, a kid as a running back. You may see him as a quarterback. So it's just, you know, how you're putting these people within your schemes. You just want to make sure they're in the right, the right areas, you know, playing daddy ball and doing that kind of stuff or making promises to parents and putting kids there will kill a team. So be careful of that because you've probably got other kids that are better for those positions. So just make sure that's not going to be an issue. Uh, man, I, I seem to, even to this day, I still, just think I can find the center and it's going to be okay. Get that center in your in your exchange, your snap exchange dealt with early and quickly. Uh, that'll save you a ton of headaches. I mean, it, it needs to be like 99% great. So, uh, and look, if you don't, like, if, if you get handed a team and you don't have any running backs, which happens a lot, which happens really to me my first season in Denver, I got handed a team they'd already drafted and they had too many kids and they called me up because they knew me from some other folks and said, Hey, we know you want a team. Uh, why don't you just take this team and see what you can do with it. And we'll take care of you the second year. Uh, so I did, I didn't have any running backs. I had my son and another boy that had kind of played running back before. Uh, so we focused on blocking and defense and good special teams, and we got to the playoffs. So uh, it can be done. And I've had several years. Matter of fact, there was one year we lost our tailback. He moved after the third game, and we still got to the Super Bowl. We did lose in the Super Bowl, but we we went undefeated uh, all the way in. So uh, you can still be competitive without great running backs if you focus on those fundamentals. Uh, the other thing you got, you need to be good at is progression, teaching, and being a teacher. Uh, you've got to know how to teach the football fundamentals, break how to break those down. Uh, 
you need to also, I mean, I'm big on demonstration. I'll get down on the ground and do stuff and show kids how to, how it's done. That's a big deal. Uh, lately it's become very big and I've used it and it's great is video training from YouTube. I'll also make YouTube videos for my team. That's been a big deal. Uh, I do think you need to know football so you can do progression teaching and break everything down. Uh, if you haven't played I, and you're going to be a head coach, I would recommend you be assistant head coach before and go to a lot of clinics and study. Uh, but if you've gotten thrown in, you can still do it. Just be organized, study your butt off and uh, learn how to do it and get a good assistant coach that has experience. Uh, you must teach at the youth level and not just be a coach. That means, you know, they don't know what terms are. So you really got to be a teacher at the youth level uh, and use your progression teaching to intro these fundamentals. You know, no one knows what a form tackle is at eight years old. So you've got to go through that whole progression, how to get into a stance, how to engage in blocking, how to do a crab block, all of that. They don't understand any of that. So you've got to show them and break it down for them to understand. Demonstrates a big deal and drills, plays, all that good stuff. Uh, like I said, using video, YouTube, man, that, that's worked great. Um, the other thing is you really need to be a, you need to find a mentor if you haven't co been a head coach or played football before uh, when coaching youth football, uh, tackle football, and you must study the youth football game. Uh, I highly recommend that, uh, you know, successful youth football coaches will study how to coach youth football beyond what they already think they know. I know I thought I knew what I was doing the first year and I was struggling for three weeks until I found some bulletin boards, uh, about youth football back in 94, which really kind of helped me go. So if you get a chance, get a mentor, get an assistant coach that's coached in the league before that really helps ask the league for help. Uh, sometimes they have commissioners that will help you out or even assign you a mentor, uh, get some books, videos, start studying the youth football game, not high school, not college youth, uh, invest in your coaching, go to clinics, video clinics, books, all that good stuff. Uh, I started doing that more in 2006 and it really, really paid off for me. Uh, try to learn from other coaches. I mean, other coaches became my motivation. I studied what they were doing and how they were winning uh, and talked to them. That made a big deal. If you haven't been a head coach before in football, be an assistant. Like if your son is a couple of ways, a couple of years away from tackle football, Make sure you're doing flag, but also find, try to find a tackle coach and see if you can be an assistant on his team. So you get an idea how it works or even just come to some practices because coaching youth sports and youth football is hard. Everybody thinks it's going to be kind of easy. Uh, it's not, it's not that easy. Uh, let's see. The other thing is, is I highly recommend, uh, you feel you film practices and games, man. When I finally got. In 2007, I bought a, uh, a kind of a GoPro camera from RCA way back that was waterproof and did video. Uh, the video was terrible, but I started filming everything. And the thing that film has no biases 
and you can find a lot of hidden gems and players uh, and techniques and things that are good and bad in film. So film as much as possible, especially your first three to four weeks practices and scrimmage so you can help find and evaluate your players. And when you're doing recruiting evaluations, if you've got like, you know, a, a grass drills day or a field day, film that. Uh, it'll help you find real players without any biases. I know we always get, we always look at the bigger kids and the kids that make big hits, but it, I find so many times that just quiet kids that do their job and I to do it well, I'll find in film and it's like, wow, okay. Uh, this boy's like made every tackle he's in. And for whatever reason in practice, you know, I'm focused on, you know, guys I know or the bigger kids. So make sure you're filming stuff. It really works out. Uh, getting game film is huge for scouting, huge for scouting your own team about what went wrong. Just had that happen to me when I was coaching as helping out with the seventh grade team last season, saw that our tight ends just kept opening up to block corners instead of blocking the inside linebackers. So big, big thing. If you get a chance, we have a scout package we can buy. The league, actually the league gave it to us free last year. So they film all the games and give everybody the games on YouTube. So you can go see those, but uh, study your film religiously. To me, I've gotten addicted to it. And I see scouting is the fourth phase past the third phase special teams. It really is a hidden talent and will send your team and your coaching staff into a whole new level if you're able to scout. Uh, and talking about special teams, do not forget special teams. Uh, great special teams will win many youth football games or cost you games. And it's happened to me both ways. Uh, so many coaches will forget special teams that great special teams uh, is an easy way to, to steal a couple of wins when you probably shouldn't have won that game uh, because they just didn't focus. Uh, I try to make sure that 15 minutes each practice or more, we're doing something on special teams. I like to do it in pre-practice. So my kickers and things like that will get there early, uh, like the quarterbacks and centers, especially my kicker, because we do a lot of onside kicks. So we will focus on where we want the balls to go and that kind of stuff. And it pays off tremendously. Uh, the other thing, uh, is be careful with punt returns uh, since you're not probably practicing those and little kids can't catch a nice punt. Uh, there's a lot of muff punts. I've lost a couple of big games on muff punts returns. So just know that's an issue. Uh, so the lastly, and most importantly, uh, rookie coaches, thank your wife. Uh, I spend an inordinate amount of time coaching youth football during the season. Uh, now I'm a geek, but even if you don't, you're probably going to be 10, 15 hours a week uh, coaching youth football. So make sure you thank her as much as possible because you will be away from home. You'll get into it. Uh, so like special teams, don't forget your wife. Uh, like I said, head coaches will spend probably 20 hours a week coaching youth football between practice, driving, studying, preparing, watching film, all that good stuff. So carve out family time 
during the season. I usually promise a vacation when the season's over for a long weekend. Uh, thank her often. Make sure you thank her at the season ending party. Highlight what she's doing. The other thing, don't make your wife the team mom. Uh, that never really works out either. Uh, and then uh, date nights really work. Uh, you know, you'll have a game either Friday or Saturday. So try to make sure you got a date night in there and that you're taking care of her uh, and your family. Well, I think that's it of the 10 quick tips for a rookie and new coach coaching youth football. Just remember coaching youth football is hard. It's a learned skill, takes time. It's like herding cats. Parents are crazy. There's a lot of league politics. Uh, they're great opposing coaches. You may not get any studs on your team and it's a lot of time. So uh, prepare yourself to learn. Sometimes your first season uh, you're just trying to get to a, an even 50-50 win deal. So just learn as much as you can this first season. Be organized. Listen to all those tips. Contact me anytime if you get a chance. You can always head over and get any of my playbooks, which are proven, uh, and gives you an opportunity to contact me anymore. So, hey, please subscribe, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. And like I said, contact me anytime. I hope you enjoyed this video podcast on tips for rookie first-time youth football coaches. I gave you 10 tips. If you've got any more, hit me up. Hey, again, please subscribe. I will see you guys next time. And remember, play for fun and winning is funner. See you guys later. Ciao. Hey, thanks for joining me all the way to the end. That's much appreciated. Hey, if you get a chance, just subscribe to my podcast. That, that really helps a lot. And also, you can head over to CoachParker.org, my playbook store, and check out all my playbooks like the Power Wing Beast Offense, the 6-2 Multi-8 Defense, the Wildcat Spread, the Power Eye, the Double Wing, the Eye Formation, Wishbone, my Drill Books, my Jaws Blocking Book, uh, my Wolfpack 7 on 7. Got a, got a lot of good stuff over there you can take a look at, and that'll help support me bring more youth football content to the youth football coaching community. And as always, remember to play for fun and winning is funner. Thanks for joining me today. Hope to see you guys next time.